Autumn, Part Three, from the Flowers of Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sarah Michelle from Michigan, 2019. The Flowers of Shakespeare by Esther Singleton. Sweet Marjoram, Thyme, and Savory. Marjoram, Organum vulgare, was a favorite plant in Tudor and Stuart times. An old writer informs us that sweet marjoram is not only much used to please the outward sense in nosegays and in the windows of houses, as also in sweet powders, sweet bays, and sweet washing waters, but is also of much use in physic. Perdita classes it with hot lavender and savory. Shakespeare, appreciating its delicate and delightful scent, brings this out most beautifully in his sonnet 99. The forward violet thus did I chide, sweet thief, whence didst thou steal thy sweet that smells, if not from my love's breath? The purple pride which on thy soft cheek for complexion dwells, in my love's veins thou hast too grossly dyed. The lily I condemned for thy hand, and buds of marjoram had stolen thy hair. This comparison is even more lovely than Milton's description of Sabrina, with her loose braid of amber-dropping hair. In Shakespeare's time several species were grown, the common, the winter, and the sweet. They were favorite pot-herbs and were used in salads, if we may believe the clown in All's Well That Ends Well. La Fen, t'was a good lady, t'was a good lady, we may pick a thousand salads ere we light on such another herb. Clown, indeed, sir, she was the sweet marjoram of the salad, or rather the herb of grace. La Fen, they are not salad herbs, you knave, they are nose herbs. Clown, I am no great Nebuchadnezzar. Sir, I have not much skill in grass. Parkinson writes, The common sweet marjoram, mariarome, is a low herb, little above a foot high, full of branches and small whitish soft roundish leaves, smelling very sweet. At the tops of the branches stand divers small scaly heads, like unto knots, of a whitish green color, out of which come here and there small white flowers, and afterwards small reddish seed. Called Mariorama in Latin, it is taken of most writers to be the Americus, or Samsicum, of Dioscorides, Theophrastus, and Pliny. According to the Greek myth, a young man named Americos was employed in the household of the king of Cyprus. One day, when he was carrying a vase of perfumes, he dropped it and he was so much humiliated by his carelessness that he fell and lost consciousness. The gods then changed him into the sweet herb Americos, or Americus, which is the Greek name for this plant. Rapin thought it owed its existence to Venus. And though sweet marjoram will your garden paint with no gay colors, yet preserve the plant, whose fragrance will invite your kind regard when her known virtues have her worth declared. On Samoy's shore fair Venus raised the plant, which from the goddess touch derived her scent. Time, time is Serpillum. Time has always been appreciated by those who delight in aromatic perfume. It was one of those plants that Lord Bacon said were so delicious when trodden upon and crushed. Time was the symbol for sweetness in Elizabethan days. And sweet time true was a favorite expression. Sweet time true occurs in connection with roses, maiden pinks, and daisies, in the song in The Two Noble Kinsmen. Fairies were thought to be particularly fond of time, and that is one reason why Shakespeare covered the bank where Titania was wont to sleep with wild time. 
The other reason was that he chose the sweetest flowers for perfume for the canopy and couch of the fairy queen. Musk-roses, eglantine, honeysuckle, violets, and wild thyme, mingling the most delicious of scents. The word comes from the Greek and Latin thymum. Thyme covered Mount Hymetus and gave the honey produced there a particularly delicious aromatic flavor. The honey of Mount Hymetus became a proverb. Hybla in Sicily was no less famed for its thyme, and consequently its honey. Thyme is especially a bee-plant, and those who would see their gardens full of bees would do well to plant thyme with a lavish hand. Ladies used to embroider a bee hovering over a sprig of thyme on the scarves they gave to their lovers, a symbol of action and honor. Thyme, too, was supposed to renew the spirits of man and beast, and it was deemed a powerful antidote against melancholy. Turning to our old friend Parkinson, we find that the ordinary garden thyme, Thymus vulgatius sive durius, is a small, low, woody plant, with brittle branches and small, hard green leaves, as everyone knoweth, having small, white, purplish flowers standing round about the tops of the stalks. The seed is small and brown, darker than marjoram. The root is woody, and abideth well diverse winters. To set down all the particular uses whereunto time is applied were to weary both the writer and the reader. I will but only note out a few, for besides the physical uses to many purposes for the head, stomach, spleen, etc., there is no herb almost of more use in the houses of both high and low, rich and poor, both for inward and outward occasions, outwardly for bathings among other hot herbs and among other sweet herbs for strewings inwardly in most sorts of broths with rosemary as also with other facetings or rather farcing herbs and to make sauce for divers sorts both fish and flesh as to stuff the belly of a goose to be roasted and after put into the sauce and the powder with bread to strew on meat when it is roasted and so likewise on roasted or fried fish it is held by divers to be a speedy remedy against the sting of a bee being bruised and laid thereon the wild thyme, Serpillum hortense civimaeus, groweth upright, but yet is low, with diverse slender branches and small round green leaves, somewhat like unto small fine marjoram, and smelling somewhat like unto it. The flowers grow in roundels at the top of the branches of a purplish colour, and in another of this kind they are of a pure white colour. There is another also that smelleth somewhat like unto musk, and therefore called musk thyme whose green leaves are not so small as the former, but larger and longer. SAVORY Saturia. This herb is mentioned by Perdita. It was a great favorite in the old herb-garden, and was probably introduced into England by the Romans. It is mentioned in Anglo-Saxon recipes as savory. Both the winter and summer savory were used as seasonings for dressings and sauces. The winter savory is used as a condiment and sauce to meat to put into puddings, sausages, and such like kinds of meat. So says an old writer, who continues, Some do use the powder of the herb dried to mix with grated bread to bread their meat, be it fish or flesh, to give it the quicker relish. Parkinson writes, The winter savory, Saturia sive timbra, is a small, low, bushy herb, very like unto hyssop, but not above a foot high, with divers small, hard branches, and hard dark green leaves thereon, thicker set together than the former by so much, and as thick as common hyssop, sometimes with four leaves or more at a joint, of a reasonable strong scent, yet not so strong or quick as the former. The flowers are of a pale purplish color, 
set at several distances at the tops of the stalks, with leaves at the joints also with them, like the former. The root is woody, with divers small strings thereat, and abideth all the winter with his green leaves. It is more usually increased by slipping or dividing the root and new setting it severally again in the spring than by sowing the seed. End of Sweet Marjoram, Thyme, and Savory Recording by Sarah Michelle from Michigan, 2019